We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alright, welcome back guys to another BuzzBeat. This is Richie. I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode. Media Day has come and gone. Training camp is starting up this week with practices in the late morning hours, Tuesday through Friday. It's basically signaling Hornets season is upon us. Preseason games are going to be coming up soon as well. And I had the opportunity to attend Media Day for the first time in person for me. That was an awesome experience. Uh, I definitely took the opportunity and ran with it, asked questions to Coach Clifford, to most of the players. I had an opportunity. The only player that I did not get a chance to ask a question to that I really wanted to was Gordon Hayward was going to ask about his defense and if he felt the impact on that end of the court and if he did anything differently, but I guess we'll really never hear that response from him. I also had a chance to sample Mr. Beast Chocolate, which is the new sponsor, the patch that the Hornets do have on their, I guess, left left shoulder uh, on the jersey. So it's replacing Lending Tree. So I don't know. I'm not really sure how long that that deal is for but if you are of the younger generation you watch youtube a lot you know who mr beast is i am not aware of this guy whatsoever other than just now i know his company is on a hornet's uniform so what i've done here with the media day audio i have split this up into basically five different episodes more digestible. The one that you're listening to right now is going to be with Steve Clifford. That's going to be a separate episode altogether. Another episode will also be in your feed today with Lamello, Rozier, Teo, Leaky Black, and Richards. And that'll be it for today. Wednesday, there'll be two more episodes. Mark Williams, Neela Kina, PJ Washington, and Bailey will be one episode, and then you've got Bridges, Book Knight, Cody Martin, and McGowan's in a separate episode on Wednesday. And so that's four episodes right there that you are going to receive. If you are a BuzzBeat Plus subscriber, which we appreciate all the support that you guys have given us since we started that thing, 
Uh, we are going to give you guys an exclusive episode of audio from Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, JT Thor, and Nick Smith Jr., and that will also release on Wednesday. So that's five separate episodes. I think it's 16 or 17 different people in total. I try to put it into manageable, digestible episodes. I didn't want to put all the audio into one episode, but the one that you're about to listen to is with Steve Clifford. And again, without further delay, let's go ahead and get into that. But again, there's another episode out today with Mello, Rozier, Teo, Leaky Black, and Richard. So definitely give that a listen after you listen to this one. Cliff, welcome back. Um, I guess looking back at last season, the something new year, for much of the offseason, how much, uh, I guess, how difficult was it to kind of separate last year's results from circumstance versus stuff that you guys ultimately had control of? Was it more challenging than maybe in your past, given kind of all the adversity you had to deal with? Yeah, so I mean, I, you know, like summer's obviously the best time for study and, um, you know, you do it a lot of different ways, but the biggest way is just film work. And um, so, you know, we also, we meet with the analytics group a lot more during the summer, you know, because you have more time. Um, my staff did a ton of study from, you know, basically like break down the NBA game, what wins, particularly in the playoffs, you know, so we just make sure that we have the best possible plan, at least going into this, right? And so there's a few things, I mean, one, we did make, you know, good progress really in all aspects of play um, when we had certain guys on the floor. You know, so before Mello went down, you know, we had a stretch of games where offensively we were playing better. You know, and I'm going to – I've given this to you guys before, but uh, when people would talk about Mello's defense, you know, uh, before he got hurt, uh, we had a stretch of, it was under 200 minutes of play, but it was Mello with Mark, with PJ, I think with Terry, and then anybody else, and they were second in the NBA, you know, um, which goes to show how much progress he had made, you know, with his team defense, transition defense, pick and roll defense, all of those things. Um, so that part of it, you know, there were certain things like, you know, our team is made to run. We need to run, uh, you know, and we ran last year. You know, we were, I believe, seventh in pace, uh, but we were like 27th in transition points per possession. So we did play fast, um, but we didn't take good shots or we weren't efficient when we played fast. You know, so that is something that we spent a lot of time talking about planning and hopefully we can improve it here in training camp. You know, basketball, the one thing that, as much as our game has changed, the one thing that stayed the same is offensive efficiency starts with the ball hitting the paint. That'll never change. It's a game of penetration. So, like, for instance, we were third in getting the ball to the rim. But, again, we were, like, 27th, 28th in efficiency when the ball got there. So those are things that, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we'd have different emphasis, different things with different guys. We spent a lot of time on that. Um, our individual defense, which in the first like 30 games of the year, you know, we got rocked off the dribble. And if you can't guard the ball in this league right now, like five out, four out, one in, you're, you're screwed. You can have great pick and roll coverages, you can do whatever. If you can't guard the ball in today's NBA, and you know, you're not going to be able to stop Doncic one on one, Durant one on one, 
but you can't get crushed off the dribble all the time. The first 35 games we did, the last 20 games last year, a couple guys, like the two guys that really stand out statistically were Terry and PJ, where their uh, on-ball defense was really, really good. And, you know, they put a lot of time into it. When we did drills like that in practice, they had great concentration, great intensity, and it showed. So there were a lot of things like that that were good. Um, there, you know, other things, we got to screen better. Uh, we got to be better with the rim protection, which, again, from the time that in the games that Mark played with Nick, the combination of those two guys, we were much better. So that was, you know, a big part of the offseason. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steve, in years past, you've always said how much importance the summer has for guys to have a good, uh, good season. So... Uh, with us, I'm like, is there anybody that has stood out with the summer that you can see the progress per this season? Yeah, and you know what? This isn't usually like what people want to hear, but two guys who just, you know, we went from the summer and then we did the optional workouts in September. And the two guys that just killed it in September, which is a result of what they did all summer, were Gordon and Terry. You know, Gordon is coming off a summer. This is the first time since he was here that he hasn't had to rehab in the summer. This was all about, you know, once they all take a break, this was all about just getting his game together, getting his body together. He wasn't having to do, you know, he does treatment, you know, just because, again, he's played so many games in his career. But he looks great. You can tell he's a good place mentally. Terry, uh, you know, as, you know, he lives in Miami in the summer, loves Miami. And traditionally, he's come back like the weekend before. You know, last year what he did, um, when we did the optional workouts, he would actually fly out, do the workouts, fly back. This year when I called him, well, I went down and talked to him once, and then I called him, just said like, hey, listen, you know, again, it'll be important for you to be there. He goes, no, I'm coming back a month early. So he moved back here in September, and he too, he's in great shape. He's in a great place. So we have a number of younger players who like I'm super happy with. 
but I think a lot of times, you know, people, you know, like people talk about player development or this or that. Listen, there's no age at which guys shouldn't stop getting better. You know, if you want to go back to when I was here before, I think Al Jefferson was 29 or 30. He was 13 all NBA, the best year of his career. Marvin Williams had his best year here. Nick Batum had his best. Those guys were older guys. That's how you win too. It's not just the 22-year-olds. You know, the better players, like like uh, when you're around Durant or look how Kobe was. You know, they get better every year. And so, a lot of the younger guys got better, but those two guys uh, really had great summers, great off seasons. Yeah, Clint with Miles, just uh, what's your plan to kind of ramp it up? The Warrior seats and Pop Warriors, really, I guess, to get him going. I appreciate that. How do you make sure he's ready with Strange and Goldberg at the No, that's a tricky one for sure. Um, you know, I've been through this twice with guys, you know, once here and then once you know, in another place. And it's hard, you know, one of the things that, um, that we will do here is, you know, we don't do a lot of um, like drills and stuff in training camp to start people that are all surprised by that. My, you know, the Van Gundy way was always scrimmage. You know, better for intensity, it's better for concentration. Um, they like it more. We bring refs in, even tomorrow, you know, we'll play a couple quarters and just bring refs in there, put them in teams and let them go. And so for him, that'll be good. And what it'll also do is give us a chance to look at different combinations um, and, uh, you know, who's playing with who. Because we also, we've also got to figure out, obviously, what we're going to do for the first 10 games. Um, and that's all going to play out in this next 22 days. Steve, uh, you've been traditionally a, a conservative defensive coach, drop coverage, even with Dwight Howard. Uh, but last season, you talked about being a little bit more aggressive and approaching, you know, the level of the screen. What have you seen from Mark Williams last season, and kind of just projecting whether or not he has that capability uh, and kind of being a little bit more personal uh, in your coverage there? Yeah, he. I mean, you know, so our plan last year over the over the uh, All Star break was that we were going to play more zone. Um, you know, I wanted to look at that as something that could be a you know, secondary type defense uh, for us. And you're right, like in the high pick and rolls, like I've been more conservative. Overall, since I've been a head coach, even when I was here before, we were always like top five or six in double teaming pick and roll. So we've always been super aggressive on the sides, just not as much up high. With he and Nick, we came back, we played a couple games right after the All-Star break, but we wanted to be aggressive with and blitz more up high, and we did, and they were good at it. So as this, the last 20, well, whatever it was after the All-Star break, you know, we double teamed a lot out of everything. And he was, he's got a feel for it. He's got a knack for it. He's got really good lateral quickness. And as much as anything, he's smart. Nick is the same way. Nick can really move for a man his size. And uh, so one of the reasons we played better, better defensively, our principles were better, right? We controlled the ball better but it was just being more aggressive in pick and roll coverages. Coach, how do you balance winning with the development of the lives of Butter Chennington? Um, well, I mean, you know, I think that's every team every year. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, listen, when you talk to coaches, right, is player development has become this, 
you know, what everybody tells Look, player development is nothing new. My dad was a great high school coach. He was doing player development 50 years ago. I mean, every sport, every coach, this has become this thing where when somebody doesn't pin up, they say he's not good at player development. That's why I say player development is not just the young guys, you know? And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but this is, it's just become this theme of player development. No, nobody's ever been a good coach where the players that play under them don't get better. And frankly, if you had to ask me, what's the number one thing that happens uh, in places where players get better? You know what it is? It's not a drill. It's not this individual workout guy. It's the overall environment of your team. If you have a serious-minded team with pro players, where they practice hard and well every day, and the younger guys have to do that, they get better. You know, uh, one of the things that people don't understand about basketball is this: is people view player development as skill development. Oh, he shoots better. You know, he can play off the dribble better. It's a small, small part of it. You know, the biggest part in our league of player development for the younger guys is. How does the team function when you're on the floor? The biggest difference between college and the NBA is execution. And it's not a coaching thing, obviously. College is phenomenal college play, uh, coaches. But in our league, when you're playing guys that are 26, 27, 28 years old, we run more offense, we play more different defenses, and the execution is much higher. So that's the stuff that the younger players have to learn, it's hard for them. And I'll be honest with you, because I'm interjected, it's one of the reasons I'm so excited about Randon Miller. You watch him play, his IQ, his ability to pay attention, learn, and do stuff right away without all this extra repetition, is one of the, the quickest learners so far I've ever been around in 20 plus years. And you can see it in the, in the September workouts where we're limited but I've already had a number of the older guys come over and say, like, you know, he's gonna help us like right away because of those things. So, um, you know, people will say different things, you know, like I'm also, as you may know, uh, when people say they can't get better if they don't play, totally disagree. It's not minutes played, it's minutes earned, in my opinion. You know, I can't tell you how many agents over the years have told me one of the reasons my guy hasn't grown the way he should have is since they drafted him first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, he knew he was going to get to play, whether he tried hard, played poorly, whatever. I think it's the worst thing you can do for players. You want to make sure they're in a place, a la Miami, where you get the minutes that you've earned. And I think that's important for player development also. Steve, I was going to ask you about Brandon, and obviously said you're impressed with his IQ. Has any of that kind of surprised you? even with the amount of prep work and study you guys did with him, and has it impacted, you know, how quickly you think he can make a major impact pull Yeah, you know what, I think it's, um, and obviously, like, look, you know, Mitch, Mitch and Buzz and the scouts, they watched him a lot more than I did, you know, because they watched him all year. But, I mean, when you watch him in college, he's a throwback player. Um, for all the, because the guys are coming out so early now, the IQ part, is harder and harder to find, frankly. You know, the guys are younger. Um, we're living in a basketball world now with AAU where they're not with their high school coaches as much. You know, a lot of them aren't as fundamentally sound. They don't know how to practice as well. See, he did play for a great college coach, and he knows how to practice. 
and he knows how to work. You know, he comes from a family where his dad played football at Alabama. I'm sure that was a part, part of it for him too because he's far advanced to me of the guys I've been around in the last few years in terms of that. Um, so, no, I, oh, he's, he's going to be on the floor right away. I mean, he's got size. He knows how to play. He can really pass, and he plays at both ends of the floor. Go ahead, Mon. You mentioned in a previous instance that you guys have a lot of different lineups in terms of what you're going to be able to use and utilize. Do you feel like that maybe makes you a little bit less dependent? I mean, I know teams can't suffer injuries and, and have success, but do you feel like that means that you're less dependent on certain pieces because of the roster maybe feeling a little deeper this year? Yeah, I, see, the thing about the injury thing in basketball is always this, right? Because just because there's only five guys out there at a time, <laughs> you just can't lose your best players. No, I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, you know, look, no, if you go back, you know, through any team, like, no team plays well when they lose their best players. You know, in, in any game, my dad always used to say this, is at any point in any game, whichever team has the best player on the floor, they have a decided advantage. So I don't care how much depth you have, if you lose your best player, your second best player, it's hard to overcome. Um, you need depth, we have depth. Um, you know, whatever, we'll have to develop it, you know, as we go. But the injury thing is always, it's who, who's injured, you know, and you, get, you lose the wrong guys, you're gonna be in trouble. Back here. How would you compare the talent on this year's roster to maybe those in the past? I know it's early, but just on paper, maybe. Well, I'll say this. I just told the guys this, and I told the scouts this this morning. Um, so this will be this is 20-something years for me in the NBA, uh, but it's my 10th year as a head coach, right? This is the most talent of any team I've coached as a head coach. Okay, so if you go down through the teams I've coached, I've coached a lot of teams that were pretty good you know, or good or whatever. I've never really, I don't think I've ever been the head coach of a team that was picked to be very high or anything like that. Um, we're young, but to me, this is the most talented team I've ever coached as a head coach. Now, everything is about attitude, about how we evolve. You know, the last time the Hornets, I looked this up this morning because I talked to the guys about it, the last time the Hornets played in the playoff series, we lost to Miami in seven games, right? And that team won 48, and we were tied, four-way tied for third. And just pure talent, we have more talent now than we did on that team. Now, we're younger, and I wouldn't say that right now today, to start the season, we were as good because that was, you know, that was Kemba, Al, Marvin in his prime, Batum in his prime. Courtney Lee, you know, we had Jeremy Lin had a great year that year. So to start the season, we may not be as good as those guys were. But if we'll work and we have the right attitude and we can handle some tough times and all that, and then once we get Miles back, we we'll get to those 10 games and we can integrate him in the right way. We have a ton of talent. Um, now, the East is better for sure, but it's, it's like anything. is You've got to have a way to play. You can see it in my mind ways that if we'll do stuff, we can be good both offense, defense, and rebounding. And um, even though we're young, there's no rule that says, I mean, Steph and Clay and Draymond won them when they were young. You know, there's no age rule. You know, you don't get less points because you're younger or anything like that. You just have to play better. 
you know, and I love our guys, and I love they were the way they were in September. And uh, I think Terry and Gordon are ready to roll. Um, so I feel great about it in terms of our talent. Um, how do you, what do you feel like you can depend on for um, leadership on the court? Obviously, a lot of changes from a lot of your best line of offensively and defensively came with guys um, like Plumlee and McDaniels and Oubre um, who are going. Obviously, Terry and Gordon have gotten better. But just as far as uh, leader, just leadership on the floor, where you get see that from such a young group. Yeah, well, I think I, I think both Terry and Gordon are in great places. Like with their games, I think physically and mentally. Um, I think that Melo is ready to take a step in that way. I mean, he only played 35 games last year. When you actually sit in the summer, where you know you can go slower and watch. Listen, he was making really good progress in a lot of ways. You know, with his pick and roll game, which is critical for us, and with his defense and everything, his game management, all of it. Um, you know, Miles for sure, uh, I see as someone who will have a, a good impact on his teammates in every way. Just watching, you know, I watched a lot of films from two years ago. So I think that I, think that I like our, you know, what they say, what, what's chemistry in the NBA? To me, it's how many guys put winning above their own individual numbers. That's how you get good chemistry, you know. And I think that we have a bunch of guys who are in that place. And, and if we grow the right, right way, then, then the leadership part will take care of itself. We'll wrap it up with these three, Rod, Scott, Steve. OK, in addition to talents, I'm saying we are actually your expectation. Like, how good can this team be in your mind this year if everything goes right health-wise for the house as you Oh, I think our goal should be to be a playoff team. You know I mean? I just told them that. Right now, I think what they need to be thinking about, though, I think that's down the road. I, the, the biggest goal, what I just talked to the guys about is this. Starting tomorrow, what are we doing with the next 22 days? That's it. What's our attitude? What can we get good at? You know, um, the way it is now, as Rod, you know, where, you know, once the season starts, the practices, it's not like it used to be. You know, back when those guys played, we practiced. We lost a game. We came in and practiced 5 one 5 We don't do that anymore. We don't play as many back-to-backs. You don't have as many days. we got two days in between games. You know, it's just different with practice, right? So the main part of practice and developing habits and getting your intensity right is this next 22 days. And if we knock it out, then we'll be in a good place, and then we can grow from there. Uh, Cliff, two quick things. One, just uh, housekeeping. I don't know what you can say about Kai Jones, but him not being here this school. Yeah, um, you, you know, I know you saw the statement that went out, so I think we're just, you know, we're not going to comment and just here we go with the statement. And secondly, it gets into a little bit what Rod just said, but given that level of talent and your natural optimism, do you feel like this is a make or break year for you personally? Uh, I mean, I you know, I guess in some ways, I mean, I know this is, I think what you want to be, is I understand totally what you're saying. I think what you want to be is this, I'm going to give you a quick sidebar here. So when I was in Orlando, one of my mentors growing up was Brendan Malone, right, who was, you know, uh, I used to work his camp when I was a kid. Actually, Michael Malone, which you may know, when I was in college, Michael was like a sixth grader. Brendan always used to put him on my team. But Coach Malone had a lot to do with my career. 
you know, when I was a high school coach, college coach, all the way through helping me get jobs. And then one of the things that I look back on my career that I treasure was working on the staff for Stan Van Gundy with Coach Malone. You know, just being around them, you know. So anyway, one time we're on a West Coast trip in San Francisco eating breakfast, and there was a newspaper story about how this younger football coach had gone to the school where they'd been terrible for years, and he came in with all this enthusiasm and optimism, and he turned it around and they made the playoffs, and the title was, he was the right man for the job. And I had the sports page, obviously, and he had the policy, you know, something more than that. So I'm like, Coach, because I knew he loved stuff like that. And Coach Malone, very bright guy, but anyway, he said to me, he goes, you know, Steve, if we were smart, that should be the goal every year, to be the right guy for your team that year. Because, you know, players change every year. Listen, we all do. You know, it's just that, you know, when, in what I do, there's a record. Look, you're a high school social studies teacher. You might have three terrible years. Nobody knows. You know what I'm just saying? You know what I mean? You're still giving the grade. No, I mean, like, different jobs. Sometimes you put it on automatic pilot. You've got stuff going on in your life. For me, there's a record, and that's all fair. Nobody's got a better life than I do. But my whole thing this year is what I want to do. I've thought about this a ton. I want to be the, per the a great coach for this group. I like these guys. I have a ton of respect for the way they hung in there last year. Listen, those, these guys could have these guys could have quit last year, and then actually, not only did we play better in the end, but they worked harder in practice, and they got better in that way. So I have a real affection for Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Nick Richards, you know, JT Thor, Mello, all PJ, okay? Um, and I want to be, uh, I want to be a really good coach for them this year and take this step, wherever it ends up, of us taking a big step towards getting the Hornets back to where we can be. Steve, uh, we all know how much you like Cody Martin and how come that glue guy, I guess. Um, but you, you mentioned uh, the other day that or he was probably going to be uh, limited sort of training camp or maybe not being practice. Is that still from the same injury the game of last season? And yeah. Is that concerning at all, especially given the money you guys gave I mean, he's, so he's going to be rehabbing, um, and he does, he's, he's back on the floor right now, you know, doing individual work. So it's a, it's a continuation of that injury where – you know, sometimes you're coming back, you know, you have setbacks, it's this, that, it's a knee thing. So there have been some issues, but he does feel good. And, you know, we just got to wait and see where it goes, Steve. I mean, hopefully, he's a big piece for us. I can't lie, like, he brings a lot to a team. There aren't many guys like him anymore. Um, and nobody, <laughs> you guys know, nobody, nobody wants to be out there more than he does. So hopefully, you know, that'll work out. You hope to have bridge I think it's more just day to day, you know, like um, you know, he you know, but he's he's been up on the floor again lately and like at the end of last week, um, he comes in early because the optional workouts which he couldn't do. But uh, you know, he was he was moving around pretty good.